Innal hamdalillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa sayyiati a'malina man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa man yudlil fala hadiya lahu wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lahu wa ashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluh amma ba'd so then, Bab Fima Imami The chapter regarding what is legislated for the Imam to do during the prayer. As Shaykh Al Fawzan he says, Al Imamu Alayhi The Imam has a great responsibility upon him. وَلَهُ الْخَيْرِ الْكَثِيرِ إِنْ أَحْسَنَ وَفَضْلُ الْإِمَامَةِ مَشْهُورِ تَوَلَّاهَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَخُلَفَاؤُهُ وَلَمْ يَخْتَارُوا لَهَا إِلَّا الْأَفْضَلِ The virtue of being the Imam is a great virtue. The Prophet وسلم, himself used to be the Imam. Then Al-Khulafa Al-Rashidun, they used to be the Imams thereafter also. So being the Imam is a great virtue and a great position to hold and only the best of the people used to be chosen for it. وَمَنْ عَلِمَ مِنْ نَفْسِهِ الْكَفَاءَةِ فَلَا مَانِعَ مِنْ طَلَبِهِ لِلْإِمَامَةِ If somebody knows genuinely that they are capable of being the imam and leading the prayers and they have knowledge of the prayer and fiqh and they have memorization etc. Then they are allowed to request to be given the role of the imam. It is allowed to request that if you genuinely know that you have that ability. And there is a narration of one of the companions who asked the Prophet ﷺ to make him the Imam of his people. وَيَنْبَغِي لِمَنْ تَوَلَّ الْإِمَامَةِ أَنْ يَهْتَمَّ بِشَأْنِهَا وَأَنْ يُوَفِّيَهَا حَقَّهَا مَسْتَطَاعَ The person who takes the Imam's role has to give it importance and has to fulfill the rights of the Imam, of being the Imam. And he will have a great reward in that. There is a great reward for the one who is the Imam. And the Imam needs to take into consideration the state of the people. وَيَقَدِّرْ ظُرُوفَهُمْ And he needs to take into consideration their affairs and their situations. وَيَتَجَنَّبْ إِحْرَاجَهُمْ And he needs to make sure he doesn't put them into any awkward or difficult situation by maybe making the prayer too long, etc. وَيُرَغِّبُهُمْ وَلَا يُنَفِّرُهُمْ and he needs to lead the prayer in a manner that is going to encourage the people to continuously come and pray in jama'ah. Not lead the prayer in a way 
that is going to deter the people and send them away. Amalan biqawlihi alayhi salatu wassalam إِذَا صَلَّى أَحَدُكُمْ بِالنَّاسِ فَلْيُخَفِّهِ That when one of you leads the people in prayer, then make it light. Don't make it too long, such that it becomes a burden upon the people. فَإِنَّ فِيهِمُ السَّقِيمُ وَالضَّعِيفُ وَذَالْحَاجَةِ Because amongst them, Amongst the congregation, there are going to be some people who are maybe not well. There could be others that are weak. There could be others who have needs they need to get to. وَإِذَا صَلَّى لِنَفْسِهِ فَلْيُطَوِّلْ مَا شَاءَ And if a person is praying by himself, you can make it as long as you want. So this is from the fiqh of leading the prayer. And a person needs to have this fiqh. The one who is the imam needs to have this fiqh. So that you don't make the prayer too long and too difficult for the people. But at the same time, you have enough fiqh and understanding to understand what a reasonable amount of the prayer is. Not to make it so short that everybody is talking about you, look how short they pray there. They hardly even pray. So you don't want to go to the negligent side of it either. You don't want to go into negligence such that everybody starts talking those lot. They pray so fast and they hardly even pray. So it needs to be on the fiqh, the understanding of a reasonable amount. And there are narrations. There are narrations in the sunnah that tell you how long the Prophet ﷺ used to pray. So you have a basis to work off. Tells you roughly how many ayat worth the Prophet ﷺ used to pray Dhuhr. How many ayat worth he used to pray in Asr. 30 ayahs, 15 ayahs, it's mentioned. So you have something to work off. To have the balanced amount in your leading of the prayer. Not too long and not too short that the people ridicule you. Qal al-Hafidh. مَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِي الْإِجَازِ وَالْإِتْمَامِ لَا يَشْتَكِ مِنْهُ التَّطْوِيلِ أو لا يشتكى مِنْهُ التَّطْوِيلِ وَالتَّخْفِيفَ الْمَطْلُوبُ هُوَ التَّخْفِيفَ الَّذِي يَصْحَبُهُ إِتْمَامُ الصَّلَاةِ بِأَدَاءِ أَرْكَانِهَا وَوَاجِبَاتِهَا وَسُنَنِهَا عَلَى الْوَجْهِ الْمَطْلُوبِ وَالتَّخْفِيفَ الْمَأْمُورُ بِهِ أَمْرٌ نِسْبِيٌّ يَرْجِعُ إِلَى مَا فَعَلَ النَّبِيُّ Aha, this is the important point. Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar mentioned that whomsoever treads upon the pathway of the Prophet ﷺ in making the prayer light, that is how you do it, not too long but light, then nobody's ever going to complain about it being too long. But what does it mean to make the prayer light, to make the prayer short? What does it actually mean? It means that you can make the prayer light, not long, but still fulfill all of the perfection of the prayer in the pillars, in the obligations, in the sunnah acts. And to lighten the prayer is a relative term. Somebody may pray 
25 minutes long for the Isha prayer, and they say that's minor. Normally I pray 35 minutes. 25 minute long prayer could be something minor for somebody. Another person comes along, as soon as it gets past 10 minutes, the Imam does Isha for 12 minutes until he gives salam. He says that was a long prayer. So it depends, it's relative. Some people may view short as something, others may view it as something else. So how do you decide then what is short and what is light and what is too long? It's not based upon the desires of the people. If everybody in the congregation comes and says, just quickly make your Isha five minutes, that's all we can do. You can't just listen to the congregation like that. It's not about the desire of the people. Lightening the prayer, you return back to the way of the Prophet See how he used to lead the prayer. How many ayat did he used to recite? How long was his prayers? You look at that. La ila shahwatil ma'mumin, the shaykh says. Not at the desires of the people. Just because everybody says we need to go quickly, just pray in two minutes. That's not how you do it. That's not who you listen to like that. You take them into consideration. But you look at the sunnah to see what a good level for the prayer should be. Some of these scholars, they say lightening the prayer means doing the minimum for perfection. So in the ruku'ah, the minimum perfection is to say Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim three times. In the sujood, Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la three times. So the imam should stick to just three, minimum amount of perfection. Rather than going to five or seven or nine, some of the scholars say in leading the prayer, stick to just three. That is one opinion of some of them. Al-Imam Ibn Daqiq Al-Eid mentioned that some of the fuqaha say an imam should not go beyond three in the ruku' and in the sujood. So that is what some of the scholars say the meaning of lightening the prayer is. However, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah says, يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَفْعَلْ غَالِبًا مَا كَانَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهِ يَفْعَلُهُ غَالِبًا the Imam needs to do mostly how the Prophet ﷺ used to do it mostly. You could maybe shorten it a bit more sometimes, but generally you should do it as the Prophet ﷺ used to do it. In the various ahadith, it tells us how much the Prophet ﷺ used to recite in each prayer. Sometimes it mentions more ayat, sometimes it mentions less. And that is to indicate how the Prophet ﷺ took the needs of the people into consideration. Sometimes the prayer may be made slightly shorter. And sometimes it would be kept a bit longer. وَيُكْرَهُ أَنْ يُخَفِّفَ الْإِمَامُ فِي الصَّلَاةِ تَخْفِيفًا لَا يَتَمَكَّنْ مَعَهُ الْمَأْمُومِ مِنَ الْإِتْيَانِ بِالْمَسْنُونِ فَقِرَاءَةِ السُّورَةِ وَالْإِتْيَانِ بِثَلَاثِ تَسْبِيحَاتِ فِي الرُّكُوعِ وَالسُّجُودِ The Imam should not make his prayer so short that the people behind cannot even fulfill the sunnah acts. 
For example, they cannot even manage to fit in a surah after Fatiha. By the time they finish Fatiha, the Imam's already going into Rukuah. They didn't even get a chance to read a surah afterwards, like in Dhuhr and Asr. So that is wrong. The Imam shouldn't be that quick. He should allow them the opportunity to fulfill their Sunnah acts. In the Rukuah, the Imam should allow the opportunity for the people behind to read three times at least. Subhana Rabbi al Azim. In the sujood, he should give them enough time to read three times at least. Subhana Rabbi al-A'la. If the imam is leaving less than that time, then that is not praiseworthy. That is too short. وَيُسَنْ أَنْ يُرَتِّلَ الْقِرَاءَةِ وَيَتَمَهَّلْ فِي التَّسْبِيحِ وَالتَّشَهُّدْ بِقَدْرِ مَا يَتَمَكَّنْ مِنْ خَلْفِهِ مِنَ الْإِتِيَانِ بِالْمَسْنُونِ مِنَ التَّسْبِيحِ وَنَحْوِهِ also, it is sunnah for the imam to recite in a proper and nice manner. The Qur'an should be recited in a proper manner. وَيُسَنُّ لِلْإِمَامِ أَنْ يُطِيلَ الرَّكَعَ الْأُولَى also, from the mannerism of leading the prayer, is that the first raka'ah should be longer than the second one. So when you're praying dhuhr, for example, the first raka'ah should be slightly longer than the second raka'ah. The first raka'ah should be slightly longer than the second. Same in asr. The first raka'ah should be slightly longer than the second. So that is one of the mannerisms of leading the prayer. The first raka'ah is to be made slightly longer than the second raka'ah. وَيُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْإِمَامِ إِذَا أَحَسَّ بِدَاخِلٍ وَهُوَ فِي الرُّكُوعِ أَنْ يُطِيلَ الرُّكُوعَ حَتَّى يَلْحَقَهُ الدَّاخِلُ فِيهِ وَيُدْرِكُ الرَّكَعَةِ If the imam is leading the prayer, and you are in the ruku'ah. If the imam senses that somebody has just walked in, then he should make the ruku'ah a bit longer. Allow that person to catch it. Because if you catch the ruku'ah, you caught that raka'ah, according to one opinion. So if he hears somebody coming in at that moment, he should maybe just make it slightly longer. Allow that person to come in and catch up in the raka'ah. That doesn't mean that you make it so long to wait ages for that person to come and join in. You just make it slightly longer, give him a bit more of a chance and that's it. But you don't keep waiting and waiting and waiting for him to come and walk in and get that side and join in. You don't wait forever. You wait slightly, just make it a bit longer, give him a bit more of a chance to join in and then you just carry on. If he makes it, he makes it. If he doesn't, then you have the congregation you need to look after. فبالجملة يجب على الإمام أن يراعي أحوال المأمومين ويراعي إتمام الصلاة وإتقانها ويكون مقتديا بهدي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عاملا بوصاياه وأوامره ففيها الخير للجميع So generally then the imam needs to look after the state of the people behind him. 
and he needs to make sure that his prayer, how he's leading it, is in a perfect manner, in a precise manner. And that he's following the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ in doing so. And some of the, the uh, imams, they may become slack in the responsibility of leading the prayer. And they are absent a lot and they miss leading the prayer. Or they may be late attending to lead the prayer. So this makes it awkward for the people. Should they step forward? Who should lead? Makes a problem for everybody else when the Imam is late. So that imam will be a bad example to the people. He himself keeps coming late. He'll be a bad example to other people who are lazy. This type of imam, you need to take him aside. Have a word. So that the imam then takes responsibility with seriousness, earnestness. And so that he doesn't make the people disappear. And the imamship of the masjid becomes something neglected. So all of this indicates that the imam needs to take responsibility in leading the prayer, needs to take into consideration those who are in the congregation behind him, needs to lead the prayer at a, an average length as the Prophet ﷺ used to do. Sometimes can make it slightly shorter, sometimes could make it slightly longer. But you don't take the desires of the people in deciding how long you're going to pray. The prayer should be done upon what the Prophet ﷺ used to pray. That is the rough guideline. Then, باب في صلاة أهل الأعذار The ruling on the people who have excuses. People who have excuses regarding the prayer. Who are they going to be? People who are ill. People who are traveling. People who are in a state of fear. They all have reasons that give them some leeway with regards to the prayer. Because somebody who's ill and somebody who's traveling, somebody who's in a state of fear, in battle, etc., they may not be able to perform the prayer upon the proper manner. They may not be able to perform the prayer as it should be. So in that case, Allah has lightened the prayer upon them even further. And they are supposed to pray in accordance to what their ability is. 
Allah mentioned in the Quran, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعِسْرَ Allah wants ease for you and does not want difficulty upon you. لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا Allah does not burden a soul greater than it can bear. فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ مَسْتَضَعْتُمْ Fear Allah to the best of your ability. In the hadith, إِذَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِأَمْرٍ فَأْتُوا مِنْهُ مَسْتَضَعْتُمْ if I command you with something, then do as good as you are able of it. So how do these types of people pray? Somebody who is badly ill, what's the ruling for them? The prayer cannot ever be abandoned, even if you're ill. Prayer can never be left, it can't just be missed. فَالْمَرِيضِ يَلْزَمُهُ أَنْ يُؤَدِّيَ الصَّلَاهِ قَائِمًا Somebody who's ill, they're not feeling well. Initially, the first ruling is they should just try and pray normally. They should stand up and they should try and pray. If they can't stand up, they could use maybe a stick, like a walking stick or something to help them to stand and pray, lean on that. If they couldn't do any of that, then they are allowed. They are allowed to do what? Sit down and pray. Somebody is not feeling well, or they got some injury, they should try and stand and pray. If they can't, maybe use a walking stick or something to try and stand and pray. If they can't, then they are allowed to sit and pray. وَقَدْ أَجْمَعَ الْعُلَمَاءَ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَنْ عَجَزَ عَنِ الْقِيَامِ فِي الْفَرِيضَةِ صَلَّاهَ قَاعِدًا The scholars are agreed upon the fact that somebody who is not able to pray standing up can pray sitting down. That is agreed upon by the scholars. And he does not have to repeat the prayer. Later on, maybe he gets okay and the time is still left. He doesn't have to repeat it. Somebody who cannot stand and pray, by consensus of the scholars, he can sit and pray. And his reward will not be decreased. He gets the full reward. And he can sit down in a manner that is most easy and comfortable for him in his illness. That could be on a chair, it could be on the floor. Depends how he is and what his state is and what his illness is. Because it doesn't actually mention how you have to sit. If you can't stand and pray, you're allowed to sit and pray. How do you sit and pray? It doesn't have to be on a chair. Could be on the floor, could be sitting on a sofa, could be different ways. Could be sitting on a stool, could be anything. Different ways of sitting. It doesn't mention in the sunnah how you have to sit. The point is, if you can't stand, you sit somehow. Whichever way is suitable to your condition. And then you pray. And what if a person can't even sit up? He is so ill, he can't even sit up. He's like that. 
ill, he can't move, lying down. So then how are you going to pray? In that case, the person is allowed to pray on his side, lying down. If you can't even get up, you're too ill, you're too broken, you can't get up, then you can lie down on your side and pray like that. فَإِنَّهُ يُصَلِّ عَلَى جَنْبِهِ وَيَكُونُ وَجْهُهُ إِلَى الْقِبْلَةِ and your face has to be towards the Qibla. So you'll be lying down, but your face has to be in the direction of the Qibla. You can't be lying down facing the other way. Lying down facing the direction of the Qibla. And it's better if you lie down on your right hand side. So lie down on your right hand side. Like you were before, go on. Example, show everybody how to do it. Lie down on your right hand side. Lie down, lie down. Yep. Turn this way so your body is facing this qibla. No, no, this way, this way, this way. Put your head this way, legs towards that wall. Legs towards that wall. Legs to that wall. Yeah. This way, bring your body this way. Bring your body this way, turn. That's it. Take your legs further back. That's it. Lie down now. Lie down there. There. So now he's lying on his right hand side and his face is towards the Qibla. So if he was too ill to get up, you can lie down like that and just pray facing the Qibla. What if Keep lying down, keep lying down, we're face. Now turn around, face the other way. Yeah, face that way now. So now you're really ill, all of your body is broken, you're lying down like that. And you can't even turn around by yourself. You need somebody to come and help you. But there's nobody in the house to come and help you and push you the other way. Now how are you going to pray? So you're going to have to just stay facing that way then. If you can't move, you can't move. Just face that way and pray. But if you can, then you try and face the Qibla. Okay, you can get up. What if a person can't even get onto his side? You are so ill, you can't move onto your side. You're lying down on your back facing up. That's how you pray then. Lying down on your back facing upwards, you would have to pray like that. Which way should your head be and which way should your legs be? What to the Qibla? Lie down flat on your back. Go on, flat on your back. Flat on your back, flat, 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 that's it, flat. So, imagine you can't even get onto your sides. You can only lie down flat. Which direction, how should you lie down flat to pray? Right now he's lying down flat, sideways to the Kaaba. Which way should he be lying down? Where should his head be, where should his feet be if he has to lie down flat on the back? You can't do right hand side, you can't get onto his side. 
So you're saying stay like that at a side angle but just turn your head this way. Possibly. Some scholars they mention as it says here وَتَكُونُ رِجْلَاهُ إِلَى الْقِبْلَ مَعْلِمْكَانِ the legs should be facing this way. So put your legs this way. That's it. Flat, flat, flat. Go flat. There. They say that way. Because now your body is coming this way. If you turned around and did the other way, your head here, now your head is going the opposite way to the Kaaba. At least now your head is coming to the Kaaba, your body is coming to the Kaaba. So they say you should lie like that, flat, if you're going to pray flat. وَإِذَا صَلَّ الْمَرِيدُ قَاعِدًا وَلَا يَسْتَطِيعُ السُّجُودَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ أَوْ صَلَّ عَلَى جَنْبِهِ عَلَى ظَهْرِهِ كَمَا سَبَقَ فَإِنَّهُ يُومِئُ بِرَأْسِهِ لِلْرُّكُوعِ وَالسُّجُودِ وَيَجْعَلْ الْإِيمَاءِ لِلسُّجُودِ أَخْفَضْ مِنَ الْإِيمَاءِ لِلْرُّكُوعِ وَإِذَا صَلَّ الْمَرِيدُ جَالِسًا وَهُوَ يَسْتَطِيعُ السُّجُودَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ وَجَبَ عَلَيْهِ ذَلِكَ وَلَا يَكْفِيهِ الْإِيمَاءُ so now somebody is sitting down and praying. Somebody is sitting down and praying. If you're sitting down and praying, you're ill, and you're sitting down like that, and you're going to pray on the chair. So now, when it comes to the sujood and the ruku'ah, what are you going to do? A person can't stand up. What's your name? Ismail has got problems and he can't stand up. Doctor said, make sure you sit down. So he's sitting down to pray. Sitting down and praying, no problem. You put your hands. Put your hands and you start praying. Ruku, what are you going to do? Bend like this in the chair. Okay. Sujood, what are you going to do? Bend a bit more. That's possible. So imagine now somebody is sitting down on the chair. They can't stand up. They got a problem uh, on their ankle. They twisted their ankle. Twisted their ankle, they can't stand up. Even walking stick, everything too hard. They can't put pressure. They have to sit down. So they're sitting down on the chair and they're praying. Sujood and Rukur. Rukur. They still can't stand up and do it. Too much pressure on the leg. So they just got to do the ruku in the chair as well. Sujood. Twisted ankle. Is there any pressure on your ankle when you're on the floor in sujood? So as long as... I mean, it might be difficult to get off the chair. If you can't, you can't. You do it in the chair. But if you could, if a person's got some problem with his ankle or something, but from the chair, he can manage to get off and go into sujood on the floor. There's no pressure on his ankle. You should do it then. Get off the chair, go on the floor and do sujood properly. Just because you can't stand doesn't automatically mean you can't do sujood. So if you can actually do the sujood, maybe, maybe the problem was something in your back or something you can't put pressure standing up. But on the floor in sujood, there's no pressure on those areas. So you could do the rest of the prayer here, do the ruku here in sujood. Now you could maybe make your way down and do the sajda there. If you can manage that. If you can manage that, you should do that. If you can't, there's some problem somewhere, you, you can't get off the chair, then okay, in the chair you just do it. But if you can get off the chair for the sujood, you get off the chair for the sujood. Then when they come up and they stand up, you just come and sit back on the chair again. 
That is the way to do it in that case. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's just you just do it with your body from there. Makes no big difference about that. Just making down the bending to show that you are doing the rukur and you're doing the sujood. And if you can't get off the chair, you do the sujood bending further down than the rukur bending. والدليل على جواز صلاة المريض على هذه الكيفية المفصلة ما أخرجه البخاري وأهل السنن من حديث عمران بن حسين رضي الله عنه قال كانت بي بواصير فسألت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال صلي قائما فإن لم تستطع فصلي قاعدا فإن لم تستطع فعلى جنبك in this hadith, it mentions very clearly that Salli Qa'iman, for the one who is ill, Imran ibn Hussein was ill at the time. So the Prophet said to him, Stand up and pray. Pray standing. فَإِن لَمْ تَسْتَطِعْ If you're not able, فَصَلِّ قَاعِدًا Then pray sitting down. فَإِن لَمْ تَسْتَطِعْ And if you're not able, فَعَلَى جَنْبِكَ Then upon your side. And in one narration it even says, فَإِن لَمْ تَسْتَطِعْ فَمُسْتَلْقِيًا If you're not able, then just lying down. وَهُنَا يَجِبُ التَّنْبِيهِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ مَا يَفْعَلُهُ بَعْضُ الْمَرْضَىٰ وَمَنْ تُجْرَىٰ لَهُمْ عَمَلِيَّاتِ جَرَاحِيَّةِ فَيَتْرُكُونَ الصَّلَاةِ بِحُجَّةِ أَنَّهُمْ لَا يَقْدِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَدَاءِ الصَّلَاةِ بِصِفَةٍ كَامِلًا أو لأن ملابسهم نجيسة أو غير ذلك من الأعذار وهذا خطأ كبير لأن المسلم لا يجوز له ترك الصلاة إذا عجز عن بعض شروطها وأركانها وواجباتها بل يصليها على حسب حاله. الشيخ says there's an important point we need to make here. That important point is that sometimes when people are ill, maybe they're in hospital or something, maybe they got some operation that they had done. Imagine now somebody's in that state. They're in the hospital and they had an operation done. Today, at 12 o'clock, they had the operation done. One o'clock, it was finished. Now they're lying in bed. Obviously, they can't move. They can hardly do anything. Operation just been done. They need to rest in the bed. That's it. How are they going to pray dhuhr? They can't even get up and make wudu. They can't even change the direction of the bed to face the qibla. Nothing. Some people just don't pray then. They don't pray. They say, it's okay. The hospital said they're going to discharge me tonight at 10 p.m. Seven, eight hours rest in the bed. They said, 10 o'clock, they're going to discharge me. I'll go home. I'll pray all my prayers. Is that right or wrong? Wrong. You can't do that. Prayers have to be prayed in their times. So in that situation now, if you're in the hospital bed, you have to pray the prayer in that state. Even if you couldn't make wudu, even if you couldn't face the qibla, you pray as you are. You don't just say, well, at 10 o'clock they're going to discharge me, I'll just make wudu and make up all my prayers for the day when I get home. That is wrong. You have to pray the prayers on time, in their times, even if you can't make the wudu and you can't change the direction of the qibla, etc. Ah.
you could make tayammum, you can make tayammum if it was possible. But even if that wasn't possible, then you can just pray. If the time is running out, you just pray as you are. Fattakullaha mastata'atum. Fear Allah to the best of your ability. And that's why it's a mistake, the Sheikh says, when people are ill or they've had an operation, they just don't bother praying. And they say, when I get better, I'll make up those prayers. That's wrong. They say, إِذَا شَفِيتْ قَضَيْتُ الصَّلَوَاتِ الَّتِي تَرَكْتُهَا وَهَذَا جَهَلْ مِنْهُمْ أَوْ تَسَاهُلْ This is ignorance from them or it is laziness from them. That they say, when I get better, when I get out of hospital after this operation, then I'll pray everything. But you're supposed to pray in whatever state you are. If you're lying down in the bed, you pray in the bed. You can move your eyes up and down for the ruku' and the sujood. Even if you couldn't move anything else. What about the opposite? Imagine now, somebody's got a back problem. And they can't bend their back. Which means you're not going to be able to do ruku' and you're not going to be able to do Sujood, because you can't bend your back, they got some serious back problem. Even in the chair, you can't bend, even that little bit, you can't bend it. They told you keep your back straight, you got some big problem there. So now how are you going to pray? So pray standing up? Can't you sit on a chair? How does he pray? Lying down, he can stand up, he can stand up, but his back, he can't bend it. He can stand, he can walk, but he just can't make any movement with his back. So how's he going to pray? Alright, but what's he physically doing? Lying down, standing up, sitting down, what's he doing physically? Stand up. Yeah? Yeah? Standing up. Exactly. People think that you're supposed to sit down. Everybody thinks if you've got some problem, just sit down. That's not how it is. Imagine now somebody's got a back problem and they can't bend their back. But they can stand straight. So they can stand. Why are they sitting down then? They can stand. So stand and start praying. Rukua, you can't do it. You can't bend your body at all. So just with your head, whatever you can do. Sujood, you can't bend your body at all, your back. So just what you can do with your head, with your eyes. The standing up part of the prayer, your back's not affecting that. So you stand for the rest of it. People just think automatically, if you can't do anything else, you just sit as well. But you only sit if you can't stand. If you can stand, then you stand. If there's other parts of the prayer you can't do, no problem. You can at least stand and do the rest with your head and with your eyes or whatever. People just think automatically, you just sit down. Not automatically. You only sit down if you're not able to stand. If you are able to stand but you're not able to prostrate to do ruku, no problem. Stand, at least you can do that much. And then the rest of it you just do with your head. Same as the other one. Remember we said if you can not stand, then you can sit. But if you could do the sujood, get off the chair and do the sujood. Everything you can do, do it. Just the part you can't do, then you can sit or you can do whatever you can do. So in that case, the person would stand and pray. Just stand and pray with the head, with the ruku and the sujood. Bending that over the eyes. Here the Sheikh says, what about medically? Imagine now you got some problem with your back. 
and they've given you some injection or something in your back and you can stand but the doctor says to you with this medication it's no good for you to stand and put pressure on your back you need to be lying down even though you can it doesn't really cause your problem you can stand but doctor says for the fix to fix your back you need to lie down for the next six hours no movement on your back so even though you're able to stand you are able there's no pain or nothing you can get up and you can stand up but the doctor is telling you a Muslim trusted doctor for medical purposes for this medicine to go into your back or something to fix in properly you need to stay lying down no movement for seven hours so now what you are physically actually able to stand but the doctor is telling you for medical reasons you should lie down now what take the advice of the doctor stand even though the doctor says this medicine you need to lie down don't get up That's a story from one of the, from Saudi Arabia, one of the, one of the people of knowledge, possibly. Oh, medically, the doctor says that I mean, you're not going to lie down. Then this medicine is going to I don't know if it's going to work properly. I don't know what problems it could cause you. You're supposed to lie down for the medicine to work for seven hours. In this case, if it's a trusted Muslim doctor, and he says to you, this particular condition on your back. I put the medicine, injected the medicine, you need to stay flat lying down. That's the way it works. You start standing up, putting pressure on it, it affects things. And it will affect your medical recovery and all types of things. And in that case, it's an exception. You're allowed to lie down there. For that medical reason there now, a trusted doctor is telling you, for the medicine to work, you've got to lie down. You start standing up, putting pressure on, it's going to affect things, it's not going to work, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Then you're allowed to lie down and pray that particular prayer. For that trustworthy report from the doctor telling you, you need to lie down, otherwise there's consequences upon you. So, in that case, you can lie down. There are narrations from the Sahaba that they had certain ailments, certain things, medical conditions, that didn't prevent them from doing certain physical movements, but they didn't do them for the sake of allowing the recovery from that medical issue. There are some narrations like that. So in that type of situation, it would be allowed. Any questions? The scholars generally, they say, Muslimun thiqah. Gotta be a trustworthy Muslim doctor. Uh, some of the scholars, it has, there are some fatawa, they say, uh, kuffar doctors, if there is a couple of them, two or three of them, all of them saying, look, that's how it is, it's, this is the medical condition, etc., then you could accept. Because the doctor, he's just telling you the medical thing, he's got no other reason, he doesn't even know you want to pray. It's not like the doctor knows you want to pray, so purposely the kafir is going to tell you something wrong. So, uh, some of them say if it's two or three, they are telling you medical condition, you could accept. But normally, default, they say Muslim doctor, trustworthy one too. Anything else up to there? That briefly we mentioned now about when you're sitting. So you could sit on a chair. You could sit on the floor cross-legged. 
crossing your legs, cross-legged, like that, cross-legged, sit on the floor like that, that's mentioned in, the, in some of the ahadith. If you needed to sit down, like in the tashahud position, you can do that. Medically, when you need to sit down, you can sit how you want. Whatever is suitable. Imagine you got one side, one leg is broken, you could leave that sticking out, and just the other one in, or the other leg sticking out if it was broken, for example. Anyway, medically you can sit down. There's no uh, restriction when it's a medical reason for you to sit down. Otherwise, in the other ones, it's the cross-legged. There's a cross-legged mention of the other ones. Okay. Oh. What do you mean? So like you, okay, you're at the mosque, the imam hasn't turned up. Uh, you are, for example, the most appropriate individual to lead. Most Quran, understanding of the religion, fiqh of the prayer. You're the most, best one from all of them. But what you're saying, that the brothers may be upset with a particular individual, that one they don't want him to lead? But that isn't always necessarily the thing to look at. If somebody was there and they do know a lot of Quran and they do have understanding of the prayer, the fiqh of the prayer, then they have more right to lead. Somebody who has more Quran and more understanding of the fiqh of the prayer. Like imagine something happened in the prayer, he forgot to do something, he should know how to handle that. Somebody doesn't know how to handle that, how to do prostration, forgetful, they don't know how to do any of those things, you can't really lead the prayer. So somebody's got to have a bit of knowledge about those things, what to do, imagine you forget something, how to do prostration, forgetfulness, these things. He's got to have knowledge of those things. So that type of person should lead the prayer then. The one who has a bit more knowledge about those things and maybe a bit more Quran, that type of thing is the one who should lead. But somebody who doesn't know about those, then it's, it doesn't matter even if he's regular. If he doesn't know about those things, then it's hard for that person to lead because if something goes wrong in the prayer, what's he going to do then? That's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. A masjid could have like some sort of understanding with the congregation. If the imam isn't here, then it's always such and such. If he's not here, then such and such. You've got like a, an understanding amongst the brothers who leads the prayer. Hmm. And even if he doesn't have beard? No, if he doesn't have beard. <laughs> no, then it's a slight problem. Because like we said before, the one who is uh, not practicing then it is not suitable to lead, uh, give that person the chance to lead the prayer. No, no, but if, he hasn't, if he's a young lad, he hasn't got a beard, no problem. Young lad, yet, beard's not growing yet, no problem. But if it's a grown man and he's shaving his beard, then that type of person, you shouldn't let him lead the prayer. Inshallah, you know, you try and work it out. A Muslim doctor, he tells you medically what's going on. You take his testimony, inshallah. We'll get to those next week. Next week, the other two. Traveling and fear. Today we've done the ill person one. Next week, uh, what happens if you're a traveler? There's different rulings. If you're traveling about the prayer, there's different rulings. And if you're in a state of fear... There's some different rulings for that. Those two parts are still to come yet. We'll start that next week at approximately same time, 6.30, 6.45 p.m. Inshallah.